Go ahead and grab a seat. By the way, good morning. <laughs> uh, wow, that's, uh, that's getting us going. That's uh, bringing us to the reality of what uh, things are about, folks. Uh, this is all about Christ, isn't it? Amen. Go ahead, Jenny. I mean, uh, if this is about you and I, we are in big, big, big trouble. But uh, here's one of the things I just want to point out with that song is as we sing about this, this is all about Christ, all about our great God. And I don't know if you know this, but our worship team, or at least part of our worship team in the past week was over at Cedarville University all week leading worship over there. And uh, in fact, there they are. And uh, I mean, just think of this, folks. We are a church that is six months old, and God has, I mean, just there's people here. That is a God thing. Um, and God has just given us people with skills and abilities for his glory. Um, in no way do I bring this up after that song to say, aren't our guys and gals incredible? In other words, what I want to say here is uh, what an honor as a new small church to be able to have part of our group go somewhere and lead th over 3,000 students and staff in worship for the very first week of college at Cedarville. I mean, we're talking about setting a tone for what takes place there. And uh, I'll just add this. I know Nick and the troop really won't be too thrilled about me saying it, but one of the things I really appreciated was in the very last song when we were there, Karen and I and Eric Carlson had the chance to go, Tuesday, and the uh, very last song is the last words were up on the screen being sung in the last couple slides. They just all walked off the stage and just let people sing, and then uh, in preparation for the speaker and the word. And I, can I just say something? That's a small way of making sure it's understood that it's not about people. I'm so glad that we have, and in this day and age, oftentimes kind of the style of music that we use here oftentimes is interpreted as, oh, that's one more church that's just all into uh, being hot and flashy about people. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, uh, our people here who seek to lead worship here uh, seek to point people to Christ and not themselves. And uh, can you just say thank you to them for what they do? <clears throat> well, as you look in your update, as you got that coming in, do you see any, like, different things about it? Like, one's the cover. Well, it tells a little bit about what's going on today. Any other things? Yes. Thank you, Bethany. There's nothing on here, a message. Like, what's that all about? I mean, did we, like, give up the Bible? Uh, excuse me, no, we didn't. Uh, but I want to hit a couple announcement items, and today is a little bit different uh, day in what we're going to be doing here. And if you're visiting with us, this is a great day for you to be here. And if you've been here ever since we first launched back in March, this is a great day for you to be here because you're going to learn a lot about who we are as a church and what we're about today, seriously on that. Well, I, as we do it, I want to hit a couple things that are taking place here. One, we've got tonight, the senior high is going to be having a, a hangout swim party. Revolution is the senior high youth ministry. And uh, Eric and Krista, where are you in here? Okay, Eric is right. Eric, just stand up. So if anybody has a senior hire and they want to be able to go grab Eric and just tackle him uh, at some point in time, but maybe Eric, Krista, if you guys can be out by the welcome table area in case anybody would like to go tonight, you want to find out more about that. That's tonight. 
uh, next, a week from Monday, on Labor Day Monday. If you're around and if you're available, we'd love to have you come out for a picnic. We're going to be over at uh, Washington Township Park. It's like a mile west of 267 on Rockville Road on the south side of the road. There, a park there. We've rented kind of the overhang picnic area for us, and uh, we're going to be hanging out there. The uh, bulletin update tells you about that. If you could, at the welcome table, there's an RSVP. If you could reserve, let us know you're coming and so that we know how much food to bring on our end as well as what you're going to be bringing for food there, and that'll be a fun time. Third item is with uh, care ministry, uh, Marla Rosemeyer. Marla, are you in here? Marla, right there. Um, Marla, just put your hand up. Just so people know, Marla is working on uh, kind of initial stages of working to get a military kind of uh, care ministry going for us so that we can be sending uh, packages to military people. And if you have a son or a daughter or a spouse or a grandchild that's in the military, would you make sure and either get us at the office a picture and info on them or just go ahead and contact Marla as well and uh, let her know and uh, we really want to get that going. We're trying to get that up and going, and here in a while we'll start putting some stuff together. appreciate her doing that. Uh, fourth, Straight Up Conference is coming. That's on the sermon notes page <laughs> um, in the update there. We are looking to go up to Big Harvest. We kind of commonly call it around here, up in Chicago, our parent church that uh, we birthed us here and helped us to get going. And we're, they have a conference of Straight Up. Uh, MacArthur's going to be there. C.J. Mahaney's going to be there, some of my favorite guys. Uh, and we'd love to have you come. If, uh, if you can, uh, please register by today or next week. And we'll get, you read all the details in there, but we get an early bird registration fee as well as a group discount. And uh, if you can do that, please, uh, please do so, and that would be super. Last of all, we've got our friendship register. Over on your left side of the auditorium, that red little booklet there, if you could grab that, fill that out, uh, if you're a, a regular attender, just put your name on there. We'd really like to know that you're here so we can be tracking. And if you're new, you can fill out information. If you've got a prayer request or something, please put that on there. I go through those every week and look at those and uh, pray for people specifically with what's going on in life. Well, that's some of that stuff going on. And uh, I tell you, I am just so thrilled to be able to be back here uh, <laughs> having a week off. You always wonder uh, what it's going to be like having a week off. And it was really nice last week with Brian White coming. By the way, didn't Brian just do a great job? And just uh, th- Was this week a week where your view was more vertical than horizontal than the week before? I want to follow up Psalm 73 from what Brian brought to us. So that's what we want to be about. Well, it's been two weeks, actually, since we finished out our series in the Gospel of Mark on Be Amazed. And we started with that gospel, with a gospel focusing on Christ, all of them do, but with one of them, for the purpose of, as a new church, to make sure that we are all on track. And folks, this is about Jesus Christ and the work of our Redeemer. We were just at a banquet Friday night, and Paul Tripp was speaker of this banquet, and he made mention is one of the wonderful things about Christianity is we don't have a system of redemption. We have a Redeemer. And uh, I wanted to make sure that we have our eyes focused as we get started. And I just trust uh, that for you, for me, that uh, we will be a church that is passionate. I mean that. Big P, passionate about Jesus Christ. Uh, Because if we aren't, uh, let's go home. Well, next Sunday, we're going to be starting a new series in uh, 
See, I, I told you, Paul, I'm having button problems. Can you move me back one? There we go. Thank you, buddy. We're going to be starting a series in Ephesians. And uh, we're going to be starting that book next week. I'm going to be doing an introduction to the book, the first couple of verses, and just setting the background on the book of Ephesians. And then we're going to start walking through Ephesians week by week, calling it Brought to Life, Taught to Live. The first three chapters of Ephesians are about all the wonderful things that God, our Redeemer, has done. And theology is critical. Good theology of understanding what God has done, who we are, in light of what God has done, and yet what God has done for those who know Him as their Savior. It's marvelous. It's literally brought to life, folks. And then the last three chapters, in light of having been brought to life, we've got to learn how to live. Now, in the last three chapters of Ephesians, key in on that. What does it mean now that I've been brought to life? What does it mean? How do I live? How do I live as a person? How do I communicate? How do I handle anger? How do I handle marriage? How do I handle life? How do I handle parenting? We're going to be hitting all those beauties. And uh, it's really going to be fun. So we'll be doing that. So you're asking right now, aren't you? We're like, what are we going to do today? Isn't that right? <laughs> wow, apparently not. Well, today, I'm going to tell you anyway, today what we are going to be doing is we're going to be talking about a foundational ministry structure of who we are today. Today is very different, okay, than if you're here for the first time, very different than normal for us. Uh, I'm going to be spending this time here talking about our small group ministry and connection groups, uh, why we do it, and what we're all about with that. Uh, This is kind of a once a year thing. And so uh, it's different, out of the norm. But uh, it's huge. I just want to tell you, Harvest is huge about small groups. What is Harvest with small groups? It's huge about it. Okay, what is it? It's huge. Okay, and we sit here and we go, why such a big deal about small groups? Well, let me put it this way. Often, I'm just telling you, often since we've gotten started, I've heard this statement and and these questions along with this. I'm coming here, Doug, and I, I love what's going on here. I just love the Sundays, but is that it? I mean, I come Sunday morning, and it's like, I would like some more. I mean, I would like to be able to establish some relationships, and I'm kind of having a hard time getting connected in with some other people. And plus, on top of that, I'd just really like to have some ongoing uh, mentoring and growth and, and pushing ahead in my walk for Christ, Right? Okay, good, because a number of people have asked about that. And here's the reason why that's the case. Because I love that statement. I'm so glad to have heard that statement and those questions. Because the reality is, is right now, harvest, this harvest, at this point in time, is what I'm calling like uh, just a part of an Oreo cookie. In other words, we've just been about kind of the inside of the Oreo cookie. Don't you love that sweet filling? I mean, just give me a gob of it. And what it is, is our our Sunday services, you know, Nick and I just work hard. We've got so many people who work hard on trying to make our Sunday service not just a time to come and just to hang and then to leave and go, wasn't that sweet? But wasn't that sweet? But yet, wasn't that rich? Wasn't that just wonderful? I mean, I'm being pushed, I'm being pressed, I'm growing in the Word, and I'm just coming to understand my God bigger. And I want to tell you, that's the sweet inside of that Oreo cookie. But it's missing something. What's it missing? <laughs> it's, it's, it's chocolate. It's missing the two cookies. 
It's missing the cookies. And it's like you just grab that white stuff, you know, you twist it, you grab it out, you lick it, or however you do it, and it's like you don't throw the cookie away. You've got to have that. That's just part of it. Well, in essence, small groups are the cookies of our Oreo ministry. Now that I've completely lost you on that <laughs> illustration. See, I was going to go with the illustration of a two-legged chair, and we've only had one leg, but then Karen's like, what chair has two legs? So uh, anyway, we'll, we'll hang in there. Um, so today, we're going to be keying in on that. Well, let me go back to this question. Why is Harvest Connection Group such a big deal here? Here's the answer. Because of what we want to be. Because of what we want to be and accomplish as a church. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. We are purposely structured in how we do ministry here. I'm just going to tell you, I realize for Karen and I, we grew up all the time where we had church and Sunday school and Sunday night and Wednesday night and all those things, and we just don't have that here. And I'll be talking a little bit about that, why, but it's not just to be kind of funky or different or any of that. I'm telling you, it's all purpose, and it's purposed around the reason of we want to have passionate worship where the word is held high, where lives are changed, the word is proclaimed on Sunday morning. And we want to be able to have people during the week getting together to connect together and to grow in Christ. And everything we do here, we seek to be very purposed about it. In fact, here's our mission statement. Harvest Bible Chapel seeks to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment. We are here for the purpose of bringing glory to who? To God. I will boast in Christ alone. The whole purpose is for the purpose of bringing glory to God. Now the question after that comes is, well, how do we do that? Well, we do that really through a couple means here. And at the moment, uh, in our statement, it's the Great Commission. I mean, that is it. We are about fulfilling and glorifying God by fulfilling the Great Commission. I mean, I would think that the way we glorify God is by doing what he asks us to do, right? Right? That's what it would be. Now, what is the Great Commission? Well, open your Bibles because I'm really glad you asked. And let's go to Matthew chapter 28. And if you don't have a Bible with you, we've got some that you can borrow today. If you just forgot it, you need one. We've got some, some people are going to walk around with the Bible, and we're big about having your eyes in the Bible. And we're actually today going to jump to some various verses. If you don't own a Bible, by the way, keep it, because you've got one now. Uh, we're going to be jumping around to some verses today, which we normally don't do. So if you've been in, grown up in church, it's sword drill time. <laughs> All right, remember those? Those have been around in kids uh, in church. Okay, Matthew 28, verses 19 through 20. This is called the Great Commission. Matthew 28, starting in verse 19. Christ is about to return to heaven after, the, after his death and resurrection, and this is one of the last statements he gives to the disciples. And this is the commission, the directive he gives to them. And he says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. In fact, the statement there, it's really an emphatic at the end. And behold, I myself am with you. Uh, I'm all the days with you. 
till the end of the age. Now, the main verb is in verse 19, and it's make disciples. The job, the Great Commission, is about making disciples. And how do we do that? The verse says a couple things. Go. Go and make. In fact, it's while going or as going, make disciples. So we have to go to make disciples. As we go, we tell people about the gospel. We proclaim the word of God, what Christ has done. We evangelize, whatever term we want to use there. And we baptize them, and then we teach them, we raise them. Another way of saying this, I kind of bring, I'm a very simplistic guy. Another way of bringing this down is is the goal is to change lives for Christ. To redeem lives and to mature lives. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Our goal is to glorify God by fulfilling, by purposing after being a church that does this. That makes disciples. That changes lives. Now, Here's what I'm going to do. I want to bring up, there's different ways of doing church. Today is just, again, today is just kind of a very practical perspective on some things on why small groups is a big deal here. Churches do do things differently. Organizations do things differently with the same objective. Now, this statement here, changing lives for Christ, most Bible teaching churches that are really about the scriptures and God would say that this is their purpose, right? I mean, there's all kinds of churches around that say that is their purpose. And there's different ways of kind of doing that. It's kind of like a business who says, I want to be able to produce uh, computers. And you have IBM, you have Macintosh, you have Dell, you have various companies. They operate a little bit different. But in the end, they're trying to produce something that is ultimately doing the same goal. Well, you've got churches that are kind of doing, purposing towards the same thing. But here's what I want to bring out. The big deal is, is what's what's the heartbeat of a church? What drives a church? And there's different drives. And I'm going to go through some. In fact, I'm going to go through five before I tell you about with Harvest, just real briefly. But uh, can I just, can we be mature about this from this standpoint? This is not a, these are all doing it wrong I'm not a mad about it, Pastor. Okay? I'm just coming in and saying there's different kind of what is the heartbeat drive of how a church forms itself to accomplish this purpose. So let me hit some things here. One is there's a, uh, is what I'm kind of terming as a seeker-driven church. In other words, a church who looks and says, we, our heartbeat, our drive, the thing that just really moves us ahead is being able to impact those who are unsaved and unchurched. All things are designed from that perspective to bring them in so that they can hear the gospel and be able to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and impact them to change their lives for Christ. And that's kind of the driving avenue. Most of the teaching is directed to that person. Another is tradition-driven. We impact ourselves and we impact others by continuing what has been, what has worked, uh, what we prefer. I'm big, broad brushstrokes here, okay? Uh, and it's, uh, it's oftentimes there's a schedule. Like when I grew up, Sunday school and church and Sunday night and Wednesday night or other formats, oftentimes it's driven out of music or it's driven out of dress or certain th- ways of doing things. And often, usually, it's kind of a preference-driven uh, thing. Another is program-driven, program-driven. In a program-driven church, it's kind of viewed that we impact people, we reach people by having all kinds of programs out there that fit their various interests. And by those interests, it allows them to, to get connected and to kind of grab a hold 
of what is going on at a church there and, uh, and then work with them from there to change their life. It's kind of like a, a strip mall or a mall approach where you can come in and we've got all kinds of uh, a plethora of smorgasbord of, of items of ministry things going on from uh, mops to seniors to, you know, this to that, uh, right-handed, you know, uh, bald guys, you know, like me getting there. I, I soon will be a member of that. Uh, variously, but program-driven. Another is issues-driven. Issues-driven. And the issues-driven has to do with the, usually a social issue, a uh, social economic or a political or a theological issue that kind of becomes the central establishing point on why we exist and what we're pursuing for. Uh, 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 last one is what I'm calling here, what's hip-driven? Uh, hey, we are hip here, aren't we? Good. I'm kind of glad you responded that way. Um, You know, hip-driven really means that it's like, hey, what's what's like the newest, hottest thing going out there in the church right now? And let's do that. And let's just do that, and that will end up kind of bringing people in so that we can impact them to be able to change lives. Now, again, I am not bringing these up to say that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, because the truth of the matter is, is every one of these have part here. The question is, is kind of if you were to put them in order, what's the key central thing that's really driving how they do ministry for the right objective, okay? I'm calling us here, bringing up from this standpoint, Harvest is a discipleship-driven church. Let me go back to these here for just a moment and make a couple comments. Folks, we better be passionate about reaching people for Christ. And in fact, one of the things I was telling the crew before we got started this morning that is so exciting, we are seeing more and more people, people here right this morning, who grew up unchurched. More and more people who are actually here this morning who uh, are just trying to figure out what this whole Bible Jesus thing is all about. And I want to tell you, if that is you, I am so glad you are here. Because there's good news. There's great news. But I also want to say this to all of us, that that is not the thing that we drive everything around here. That is part of it. Uh, Historical practices and preferences are to be honored. Uh, But doing what always has been done is just not our central thing here. We acknowledge the reality, and frankly, we're we're building our own traditions. But they better not become the sacred cows above the scriptures. Programming. Every ministry has to have programming, but programming can also be a bad measure of uh, discipling. Usually, programming leads to the measurement of how many people are attending that. And if a higher number are attending that, then God is there more than in other places where there are fewer numbers. And you just got to watch it. Issues are for real, but I'm just telling you, we're not a debate church. And as far as us, um, does culture have an impact on what we do here? Absolutely. Absolutely it does. But I am telling you, it's not what drives us. Hey, the kind of music that we do here, the small group thing that we do here, not having Sunday school or other things right now that we do here, I'm just telling you, we don't do those because you're not supposed to today. We don't do the kind of music we do here because that's what's hip. Nick and I just like that. Um, <laughs> and that's kind of the harvest DNA and um, with, with what it's about. Well, we are a discipleship-driven church. What does that mean? And you should be asking this question right now. What's a disciple? Aren't you? <laughs> you guys are running where I'm going today, aren't you? Hey, let's do this. Um, 
Let's go to the scriptures and let's answer that question. And I've got two passages for us to look up. Two passages. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Colossians 2, 6 and 7. Because, folks, I can stand up here and say, be a part of a small group, but if you don't understand why we're doing it and the reason why it's such a big deal around here, um, then I would be uh, not helping us and helping you out in creating the DNA here. So what is a disciple? What is a disciple? Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Let's let the scriptures define it. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let me give you a couple of comments on it. Therefore, as you received Christ, understand that there was a time. This is a verb that is talking about there was a point in time where someone received something. When you combine that statement with the statement received Christ Jesus the Lord, the word Lord is talking about owner, an owner. In essence, another way of kind of uh, translating this passage would be is, therefore, just as there was a time and point where you received a new owner for your life, that's Doug's expanded edition, But that's really what that's talking about. I want for you to understand, it's not about receiving a trophy. It's not about, gee, you know, I'd really like the Jesus thing, because if I have Jesus, then I'm going to heaven, and there's no difference from that point on compared to that point before. The scriptures say, therefore, receive Christ, a new owner. Uh, in, in him is listed, uh, so walk in him. In light of that action, walk in him. The Greek has in him first, which is an emphatic point. In other words, in him you walk. And by the way, it's a present continuous active. What does that mean? That means that you are to presently and continuously be walking in him. The Christian life is not just about this point in time where that happened. It is about a point in time where everything started becoming different. Okay, And, and look at some of the other words, uh, uh, the walk, the imperative. It's an imperative, so it's a commandment as well. You must be walking continuously, having been rooted. This is, sorry for the Greek lesson here. This is a perfect tense. This is talking about there was a point in time where the, uh, where the rooting took place, and it has impact from there on out. Being built up, it's the idea of continual building, continually growing up. It's a process in Christ, being strengthened. I just love those two, being rooted, built up, and strengthened. Guys, it's kind of that type of thing. It's that kind of an idea. It's not mamsy-pamsy Christianity religion. This is about a whole change of life. There was a point in time where the news that I heard about my, the fact that I was a sinner separated from God and God himself, one of the Trinity, came down in the flesh as my Redeemer to pay the price to do for me what I could not do for me in light of my condition. And as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. You're kidding me. God did that for me? I can do that? I want that. Seven years old, standing next to the drinking fountain. That's when it started for me. For some reason, that morning, John 3.16 finally clicked for me, and I received Christ as my Savior there. Do you have a story? 
do you have a point in time? And by the way, so often we cling to the point in time, but then the question then goes, is, so what happened then? That's a disciple. So what happened from there on out? That's the disciple issue. Come to Christ, grow in Christ. Know Christ, grow in Christ. Let's go to another passage. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Oh, I love this passage. So very cool. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 and 15. Corinthians is to the left of where we were. It's right after 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ, I have the English Standard Version, it says controls us. I actually like, I think what NIV, New American Standard says compels. Oh, I love that. I think that word so brings in this aspect. Listen, folks, when we come to realize what we were without Christ, before Christ, and then what God has done, by the way, all this is we're going to be talking about in the first three chapters of Ephesians. Paul brings all this out. So I'll just hit it real quickly. But when we realize all that God has done for me, grace, big grace, big God, I didn't deserve this. I go... He loves me, and that love just drives me, compels me. I would be a fool to do anything different. Well, I'm not compelled that much. Well, then you don't understand what God has done for you. Ephesians chapter 1 through 3, and we're going to go there in the coming weeks. Okay, And we're going to grow in that area together and seeing what God has done. But look at that. For the love of Christ controls us, it compels us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who, might live, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised again. You see it? Oh, this is so cool. Receive Christ, and it's to be different from there on out. I have a new owner. My owner used to be me. Let's just make it real personal. Me controlled by the powers of not God, which is Satan. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. You are heirs of the prince of the air. That's not the prince that died on the cross, by the way. But after that, in light, I was that. I am now this. How I would be a fool to go back to that. But don't we all struggle with that? Mm-mm-mm. A disciple is someone who is growing and changing. A disciple is someone who has received Christ as their Savior, is compelled to live for him as a result of that, as walking in Christ, being built up in Christ, becoming more established in the faith, someone whose life is astounding in thanksgiving and thankfulness. Why? Because I was, but now I am. In Christ. Uh, here at Harvest, we call this the worship, walk, and work for Christ. Kind of what's a disciple? Someone who worships Christ 24 7. Someone who walks with Christ. Someone who is growing in their walk with Christ. And someone who is working for Christ. Someone who is serving in capacities for the glory of God. That's a disciple. Well, we've hit on what we are. We're a discipleship driven church. We've talked about what a disciple is. And last of all, I want to hit on this aspect of, so how are we going to make that happen here? In other words, I've just kind of gone over the theory, the purpose behind it. Let's take some minutes and talk about how we want to accomplish 
being a church that is raising people to come to know Christ and discipling people, maturing people to become more conformed for Christ. People just compelled. Wouldn't that be a cool reality here at this church? I go back, I was sitting watching Nick and Jill and them at Cedarville. 3,000 people in there. And it's just, there's something about all those people in there. You sit there and you just go, God, might we be a compelling power for you on the west side of Indianapolis? I mean, people compelled out of truth and reality for the glory of God. Well, what's it going to look like? Three verses I'm just going to bring. And I'm just picking these three. Man, there I go again. Let's jump back. I really, the last couple of weeks, I got button issues. Okay, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 to 25. Let me, here, I'll try it. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Actually, let's go back one. Nope, we're there. I'm so sorry, man. I'm like playing with you. Psych. Okay, Hebrews 10. You're doing a great job, Paul. It's my fault. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit is some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day draw near. The principle that I want to bring out here is the concept of, of meeting together on a regular basis. We live in a culture in the day and age in Christianity where it's getting more and more of kind of this idea of, you know what, I just get to live as an island to end in isolation. And God's like, what's with that? Because that was not my idea. That was not my objective, and that's not my plan. My objective is that God's people gather together to be able to encourage one another and to do that on a regular basis, i.e. right now. And so one of the things we do as a church to accomplish the objective of being a discipleship-driven church is Sunday morning, whether we have one service or two services, whether it's a Saturday night, whatever it ends up becoming in that thing. But gathering together on a weekly basis to be able to worship God together, to raise our voices in song, to be able to pray together, to be able to hear his word, to be able to hear how God has changed lives. And a few weeks ago, we had a few people give their testimonies. And I want to tell you, we want to do that more and more of how people are being changed in light of Christ and hearing that together. Here right now, you've got three individuals we're talking to about looking to be baptized here in a little while. So cool. We want to do that together, right? I don't know. Maybe even we'll like get a tank, like a portable thing right over here, and I'm dead serious about it. Wouldn't that be cool? In a theater? And then drain that baby out the door when we're done. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 10. Another one, Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 13. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So not only does how we're going to do it include being a type of place where we gather together on a regular basis, but we also want to be the kind of place in a mindset. This is a huge passage, folks. Huge passage, philosophically, for you and for me. So here we go. We're on the line here. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to do what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Let me put it this way. My job is this. My job is to be about equipping you to do the work of the ministry. Nick's job is about being here to equip you to be doing the work of the ministry. 
That means I have to be that mindset. I'm not the king here. This is not about me. And if it is, please ask me to leave for God's glory. Because it's about his glory and not about mine. This is about me being, us being the kind of pastors that are equipping you to do the work of the ministry. I term that as we seek to push ministry out. That means as, right, as we push ministry out, they got to be ready to take it on. So you guys are sitting here and you're like, we want to do ministry, right? Let me hear you. No, no, no. Like we want to do ministry. Again, because it just blesses my heart. Again, listen, you better, and I mean that straight up, and I mean that with as much love and sincerity as possible. Because if you're just wanting to sit, you're not understanding what the gospel and a disciple is all about. You need to be the kind of people that are like, bring it on. Man, bring ministry stuff so that I can get involved in doing ministry. Right? Right? right. right. Yeah. Okay. And Nick and I, we're here like, man, we want to equip you. You know, and you come to me and say, boy, Doug, we've got this situation over at the hospital where someone's over there and it's a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend's friend. And they're over there and we'd like to be able to have someone go over there. And I'm like, that is so cool. Hey, John. I'm kind of busy today. Could you go over to the hospital and go ahead and grab over and talk to this person? And John's like, dude, yeah. And oftentimes in churches it's viewed, I've got to be there because I'm the pastor. Now, I understand that, okay? And I'm good with that. And that is part of, part of what it's about. But at the same time, part of the thing is about is, why send him there? I'm better at that than he is. I mean, that's what he's been equipping me to do. And it scares me. I'm out of my comfort zone. This morning I had a couple come up to me and tell me when we first put them in kids ministry, because that's the thing, when you're a member here, you are in kids ministry on the rotation. And they come up and they tell me this morning that since you did that, I was just like, didn't really want to do that. But since doing that, it's like, it's been so cool. Isn't that cool? That's what it's about. That's being church. That's being about the mindset, I'm telling you from me, of being the kind of people that push ministry out to you. Why is that a big deal? Because connection groups help with that. It gives us the opportunity to have people that are actually doing the work of ministry and discipling a group of people. Not because it's a fancy thing to be doing today, but it's strategic in putting ministry in your lap to be able to minister to one another and to grow in Christ through that. It's a mindset reality. And then the last passage is what? 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Let me just quote it to you. This is my ministry passage. 1 Thessalonians 2.8. We loved you so much that we're delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, tool number one, but our lives as well because you had become so dear to us. Paul is defending how he did ministry. He's explaining how he did ministry. And there were two tools that he had. This and this. And he did both. Not just this and not just this. And I want to tell you, a lot of churches are doing just this. Marvelous. But Paul said not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. 
And I want to tell you, we want to be the kind of ministry where this is on the table as I am on the table, and we are doing life together and growing together. And small groups provide an avenue for that to be able to happen. There are various ways to make a ministry that's discipleship-driven work. But here at Harvest, the centrality of how we do things, about making disciples, is equipping God's people to make disciples, is through our corporate worship time in small groups. We really are church simple. I'm just telling you, that's how we do it here. Others do it differently, and that's great. Praise God for that. We're not mad about it. But this is how we do ministry here. So, where do we go with that? Well, we go with that with this. Get in a small group. Okay, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. In your update, some churches call it the bulletin. Around here we call it the update. (laughs) Because bulletin is boring. Okay, grab this white sheet out. Everybody grab this out. And by the way, I've got a gob of these. If you you came in and didn't grab one, Nick, could you get that someone else up here? Mike, could you... Passing those around. If someone needs to grab one of these, we've got a number of these in, but I just want to highlight some things on here. Everything that was said before makes this not come across as a sales pitch, right? I'm just as a pastor, today's a different kind of day. And so this is the type of thing where I'm just clarifying some things so we're all on the same thing. And being a new church, I am literally right at this moment trying to instill DNA in what we're all about. Okay? That's the purpose of what's going on here. So let me hit some practical realities of it. Let me just cover some of these small group items here. At the top on the front that says uh, small group covenant and registration. It says, I will make my, this is a covenant that we're making if you get involved in a small group. I will make my connection group meetings a priority. And if I am unable to attend or I'm running late, I will call my connection group leader, facilitator, or host. In other words, we want people there and we want you on time because this is a big deal and really important. Second, It talks about how uh, I will come to my small group meeting prepared and my assignments done and ready to participate. I want for you to know I've been involved in good small groups and some bad small groups and uh, over the years. And uh, one of the things that I'm convinced makes a good small group is, is when people come together ready to be able to talk about the things that they have already learned and spent some time with. And so basically it's about 60 to 90 minutes during the week, before you get together, and then when you come together, it's ready to be able to have time together to discuss it. Your facilitators in those small groups are prepared to be able to kind of hit the same thing, but from a bit of a different angle. Now, we are going to be going through this book. I really want to change, so help me God. It's interesting, different ways you emphasize that. So help me God. So help me God. Uh, So help! (laughs) Okay, but... Excellent book. James McDonald, the pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel up in Chicago. This is the kind of book that I have in the past used on a regular basis with counseling with folks and helping them grow and understand what it means to become a disciple in Christ. This is what we're going through on purpose. This really fits with the Ephesians series that I'm going to be going through. Plus, in your groups when you get together, whether it's you know about it in advance or whether you find out when you get there, we are going to be having this, plus be bringing your Bibles because we will be going to passages and adding that into the mix because I don't want for us just to be a book-only kind of a function together, but our eyes are in the Scriptures and we're discussing the Scriptures together in our groups as well. 
got this available out at the desk for $10, and you can leave a tip for Larry if you want. No, but they're out there for $10. We've got these for you. You can be getting ready for that, but that's a book. Uh, let me just read a couple of these. I'll help create a safe place for each member to grow and share. I'll maintain confidentiality. Um, I'm going to commit to be open to members as it grows and multiplies. I'd love to see groups grow and multiply. And as we grow as a church, people coming in and joining in, I will take ownership of my responsibility to be faithful and so on down the line there with those covenants. What's the point of all this? The point is we just really want to be clear and let you know if you're going to get in a group, we are really going to seek to make that a group where there's a high level, a high standard. Because this isn't the place to come and share our ignorance together. This is the place to come and to grow together and to work it out together. Uh, we need these in by August 31st. So if you can fill this out today, if you've already talked about it and just been delaying and being a part of it, if you can fill this out, drop it off at the welcome table, uh, that'll be great. Uh, you can put your age, your stage of life, weeks that work best right now. We've probably got, I'm going to guess, about 60 to 70% of groups will probably be meeting on Sunday nights and then some others during the week. A couple groups I want to make some note about. Karen and I, my wife and I, we're going to be leading the Young Singles group. Young Singles. Yeah, look at, isn't this cool? The posse. I love it. Okay, we've got a number of them signed up, but we're going to be meeting together and ministering. That's going to be our group, our ministry. So all the young singles, like from post-high school, even in early 30s, are going to be, you're going to be part of that young singles group here. We want to be a part of Eric. Can you mention about junior, senior high? And they can come over to my house and I'll have them work to pay for it if they need to. Amen. Okay, yeah, and, and senior high, if you're interested, you need to fill out the, the registration for it, okay, uh, with that. One other item on that side I want to make mention is, is commonly get the question, hey, my, my husband or my spouse has a, a real, real weird work situation and they're just not able to be able to meet on a regular basis. Can I still jump in? Absolutely, right? Okay, Absolutely. Okay, backside, let me just hit a couple things here. Frequently asked questions. Um, where, when, how often? We'll be meeting the first three weeks of September, first three weeks of October, first three weeks of November, uh, from Thanksgiving through the holidays off. Uh, craziness, right? And then we'll be picking back up in January. So the objective is these groups kind of go through the school year. Uh, what will we be studying? I've already talked about that. Uh, what does each small group meeting look like? Basically, there's four sections in each group. 
first we start out and it's kind of some hangout time together. That's not time to be able to come late together. It's time to get there on time and then hang out together. Then we have 40 minutes of discussion time all together. And then after that, uh, we have 40 minutes of breakout time, which really makes our groups unique. So the women get with the women and the men get with the men. And high schoolers will be doing the same thing. All the ladies will be, all the girls will be going with Krista. All the guys will be going with Eric. And in all groups, we break out. That way, the ladies, you get time together. Guys, you get time together. That's a time for prayer, accountability, working it out a little bit more, and uh, just keeping up with each other and keeping each other on track. And then the fourth part is get back together and uh, pray. So we really have a set program from that. Is child care provided? The big question. Parents, don't you love your kids? Oh, my word. We're going to be coming to parenting in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Ay, ay, ay. Hey, parents, do you love your kids? Oh, my word. If they hear this online. Okay. Parents, you love your kids and children are responsibility from the Lord, right? And I'll tell you, it would just be wonderful if we could be able to say, hey, you know what, every night we have a connection, we're being, just bring your kids over here to the theater and just drop them off. Um, but we don't have the facility, nor really even in the whole structure of things. I just say this, and I I'm, t- do take this seriously. Parents, I realize it's a real uh, challenge at times to be able to find care for your kids. But we do have it where that becomes the responsibility of the parent first and foremost. Okay? So would you be praying about, uh, thinking about, talking about, maybe there's a babysitter in your area that you could be paying on a weekly basis. Well, uh, treat it as your date night. Okay? Uh, you're going to have time together, and you could bring someone in to be able to do that. Maybe it's the kind of thing that, in fact, here in another week or so, we may get a list out where other people in the church can say, you know what, I'd be available to love on another family to be able to watch a kid on, if the group's meeting on X night or X night. Um, you, maybe, you can, you know, maybe you know someone else in here, and you can swap kids they are meeting on a different night. But I, I realize the challenge of it, but we are going to say that's on your shoulders first, uh, and we're going to kind of try and come alongside as much as we can to help, but begin thinking about that now. Um, okay, how are connection groups set, selected? Well, various things, uh, various openings that we have and the days of the week. Some are going to be geographic. We may have one down south. We may have one up north. Um, just stage of life a little bit. We don't totally do it around that. We like some mix. But uh, it'll just depend, and we even try and look on who the people are and just even the, the fit of the people together. Well, Harvest is a discipleship-driven church. Okay, I want to tell you, of anything else that happens here, I want that to happen. We could grow in numbers. We could become a church of 3,000, like out at Cedarville when you got all the students there, and not grow in discipling people. That would be a shame. So what we want to be is we want to be a church that's driven to discipling people, helping people come to know Christ and grow in Christ. And we seek to do that by having worship services that make a difference. That when you leave here, you are cranked up. Not cranked up emotionally just because of what it worked up. I'm talking about cranked up because of what the scriptures say and what God is doing in your life. And you want to just bust the doors down to go out and live life in an increased vertical way this week because of the time you had together being encouraged and serving together on Sundays. And I'd love for you to get involved in a small group. It's the way you're going to get connected with other people, and it's the way you're going to be grown in your walk with the Lord. Okay? All right, here's the last thing before I pray. 
uh, I would like for everybody who is a connection group facilitator or apprentice or who's kind of been working with me in the training or you know that you're going to be serving, would you please just stand? Just stand up. And the reason I'm having you stand up, we've got a number of them who are going to be working over in the kids' ministries, but the reason I'm having you stand up, if you have any questions about small groups today, would you please go to them? <laughs> Wait a second. I was thinking that in my head and that sounded rude. Um, I'm pushing ministry out. There we go. No, but if there's someone around, if you have some questions, grab a hold of them, ask them some questions, uh, go with them. You're welcome to ask me, email us at the office, whatever. Uh, but these are folks who are going to be involved uh, and some others in the small group ministry. Okay, thanks, troops, for that. Hey, we're going to take offering. Harvest, we're going to take offering. And uh, scriptures say rejoice, and that is just one way we can remember to give cheerfully. Um, God has provided the opportunity. I want to thank you for your faithfulness as a church, just financially. I, haven't, I don't think I've said this yet on a Sunday, but I just want to thank you. It has allowed us to be able to pursue and move ahead in areas that uh, we've never thought we could at this point. And uh, very, very grateful for your faithfulness, and uh, God is just continuing to bless. Uh, but let's, uh, let's pray, and I want for you to know right now, because those of you who are regulars, you know that normally we have about like one song or two songs. Nick, how many songs do we have now? Three songs. Aren't you excited? Okay, let's, uh, let's pray together and have uh, some worship time in song as well. God, we thank you so much for your work. We thank you that you and your grace have uh, come down and redeemed us. You have made redemption possible, not through a religious system of works, but through simply the matter of the reality of grace from you. Lord, I pray this morning, maybe if someone is sitting here this morning and kind of like, wow, these folks are really serious about this whole God thing and Jesus thing, and uh, I'm not even sure if I have a relationship with him. Father, I pray you'd continue just a burden on their heart, that they would come to know you and, and, and be bold enough just to come and ask some questions about what that means to know that you know that you know you have a life in Christ for something new ahead. Father, I pray for the rest of us. Lord, may we be a church that is just passionate, not lollygagging around, but passionate about growing and changing for you because of your love for us. Oh God, may we be a compelled church and may we be a compelling church for your glory. Lord, thank you for the chance to give. Thank you for the faithfulness of the people here. And Lord, uh, it's all about you. It's all about you. Thank you. May we continue on worshiping you. In your name we pray. Amen.